DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. See new symbols and sticks and other brand new products right now at the all-new Zildjian website. Same address, zildjian.com. From the parking lot. To the tunnel. Check it out. Have fun. Unleash. Let's go. To the 50-yard line. On the field. This is your field pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your field pass for February 2016. Coming up. All right. We like to start on time around here. Exclusive access inside the 2016 Drum Corps International Winter Meetings and Biannual Rules Congress. In Denver, we'll listen in and get reaction as rules changes are discussed. Hypothetically, would it be a good idea to do that? And voted on. Unanimously, yes. We'll hear what instructors think of those changes. I think it was a, a spirit of cooperation. And judges, too. Shakes it up a little bit, makes it a little more interesting. And we'll hear what over 60 DCI drum majors expect to get out of this year's Leadership Summit. I want to learn a lot. So much happened in four short days. It's time we do a field pass on all this and make sure we get the right information. Yes, sir. We're on it. This is your field pass. Here's Dan Potter. <laughs> The Drum Court International Board of Directors meets several times during the year, but the biggest meeting happens every year at the end of January, the winter meetings. This is where the groundwork is finalized for the coming season, where everything from best practices to the bottom line are discussed. Uh, we've got lots to do over the next few days, followed by a Board of Directors meeting on Sunday. And every other year, the core directors are joined by instructors and judges. This is our biannual Rules Congress. John Phillips is DCI's judge administrator. We started a few years ago having this Rules Congress every two years. It used to be before every year, and we found that there really wasn't enough time to get new ideas implemented successfully, and then we'd be saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure that works, and then we'll try something else. So the two-year program has worked very well, and I think uh, this year is going to be very exciting. We've got a number of rules on the table. I know you've already talked about those, Dan. I spoke with John just before a meeting of DCI's Rules and Systems Task force. But this does, John, to, to my estimation, seem to be one of the less controversial rules congresses that we've we've uh, been at, at least at the start. Yeah, we don't have any new instrumentation coming out. We're not trying anything that's uh, kind of going to force the activity in a specific direction. But it's providing a lot more clarity and definition to what we're already doing. And I think, you know, as evidenced over the last few years, the, the standard performance has been outstanding. And I think that's tied to what the expectations are of the competitive rules. Who will be in this room in a few minutes and what uh, exactly will you be doing? We have six instructor representatives, uh, three on the visual side, three on the music side. We have two uh, judge advisors to the task force. We have a chair of the task force, who's John Turner, who is also serving as the open class representative. So it's a committee of nine people. How does this relate to the instructor's caucus that will take place later? We use the Rules and System Task Force members to run the caucus sessions. So they are the experts within their own area. So we have some brass representation here. We have some percussion and we have some visual. And within the visual, we have some expertise in color guard as well as the, the movement side of things. And those folks will actually uh, chair each of the caucus sessions. Uh, they'll look at the rules. They'll also look at some other things, some procedural things, see if there's any other hot buttons that have come up over the last few years with our judging system. They'll bring that to their constituents. They'll have some 
discussions, and then at the end of the day, they'll come back all together and say, here's the recommendation of the Brass Caucus. We feel that we should take this rule under consideration, or we don't think this is a very good idea this year. Let's leave it alone. And then it's forwarded to the directors and the voting members, right? That's correct. I, I don't know how many drum corps fans really understand that rules changes start from the ground up at the most grassroots of level and work their way up through this process and are eventually voted on by the member corps themselves. I think a lot of people have this impression that DCI, when it comes to rules and how the activity is run, is a top-down organization dictating from Indianapolis how things are going to be. It's exactly the opposite, isn't it? Absolutely. The the cores own this. This is their sandbox. They decide how they're going to play inside of it. And uh, I think that's the great thing about it because the constituents, the members, uh, cores and their staffs are making the decisions. And there's a next step in this as well. So once the decision's been made, well, we're going to do this or not do that, um, I have to take it to my judges and say, uh, here's how we need to interpret this rule. Here's how we're going to apply this rule. Here's how we're going to implement this particular change. And that happens every year. We have a big training session in May. Um, it Last year was the first year we tried it as a broadcast. It was a virtual training session. It worked very well, cost efficient, and actually had a lot, lot of people participating. So pretty much the full roster. I know you had a lot of new judges last year, a lot of them coming back for a second season. Yes, and I also have, as well as the Rules and System Task Force here, we have some of our judge liaison. Those are our caption heads, so we have visual judge liaison and music judge liaisons here this weekend. They'll be reviewing those people who did training last year. Uh, They'll decide which ones were successful, and uh, they've already been in the process, but today will be the final uh, decision on that. And then we'll also look at new candidates who have applied, and we'll decide how many of those we're going to let uh, do field trials this summer. All right, guys. Um, Welcome. What I wanted to do first was kind of look through this. Make sure In our January field pass, you may recall DCI Artistic Director Michael Cesario telling us that there were 11 original rules change proposals made by the member cores. Two were consolidated with other very similar proposals, so there were nine proposals in all up for consideration at the Rules Congress. During the Instructors Caucus, three of those nine proposals were withdrawn by their authors, so the instructors were left to debate six potential changes. Of those six, five passed the caucus vote, one did not. A procedural change to allow the use of metronomes and loudspeakers was passed by the instructors, but soundly defeated by the directors of the member corps. However, the proposal to move the field judges off the field and onto the front sidelines and the periphery of the drill, that didn't even make it out of caucus. It failed on an instructor's vote of 24 to 2. That's despite the best efforts of the proposal's sponsor, Crossman Director and DCI Board Chairman Fred Morrison. He pressed the need for change primarily for safety's sake. Uh, I think that our evolution of judges being on the field started in the 70s when we may have had 50 or 60 members on the field. We didn't move as much as we move today. We now have 150 members on the field. They're moving at a much greater velocity and people are about to be hurt or are being hurt and that we can fix that. So it's really a a safety issue for the performers and for the judges and to protect the purity of the performance. While Fred's defeated proposal included all field judges, it was the percussion instructors who felt their drumlines had the most credit to lose if the field percussion judge was forever banished to the track. So again, with safety in mind, an elegant compromise was reached. The instructors approved a plan to rename the Percussion 1 judge the Field Percussion Judge, Percussion 2 becoming the Ensemble Percussion Judge. And further, the Blue Knights Percussion Arranger and Music Coordinator Kevin Shaw proposed... Currently, we offer Percussion 1 most of the season. 
and then we drop in percussion two at some regionals and then at finals, we're asking to flip that model, offer percussion two all season with this new ratified sheet and offer percussion one at selected regionals with strategic uh, information uh, coming from the drum corps and a little bit more training, which will kind of develop. Here's how it will work. For the first part of the season, percussion will be judged by an adjudicator off the field, listening to the full ensemble, mostly from somewhere in the stands. From there, he or she can not only judge, but can size up the battery's drill, getting to know when and where would be a good or dangerous time to be in front of them. And then when it's time for a big show, a DCI regional, the judge who's been on ensemble would move to the field armed with the knowledge that they've gathered about the movements of each line, and then a second drum judge would be brought in to judge ensemble. This is Santa Clara Vanguard percussion coordinator Paul Rennick. Well, a lot of people wanted the percussion judges off the field forever entirely. I, I think there's something inherently uh, important about up close and personal. You can tell the difference between two good groups a little easier if you're right in there. You can get a sense for that. Be more accurate when it comes to that kind of thing during the bigger shows. So as the coordinator of the multiple Sanford Trophy winning <laughs> drumline, you're satisfied with what happened here today? I, I am. I, I think it was, I, I think it was a, a spirit of cooperation among all the people that were here. Uh, a lot of cores were represented and we all had good conversations all day, honest, um, and, and we worked towards and compromised and agreed and, and cobbled together the sheet that I think everybody agreed on. Madison Scouts. Yes. Mandarins. Yes. Also passed by the Instructors Caucus and ultimately the voting members, some wording on the percussion judges sheet was modified to reflect the changes we just talked about. Judges will now be allowed to use half-tenths of a point in scoring, and rules concerning the use of amplification and electronics were clarified. And there was one other procedural change approved, which will be of interest, I think, to drum corps fans who pour over the recaps after each show. Those recaps will contain a lot less information starting this summer. In place of a detailed scoring rundown, which would include subcaptions, a summary recap showing total scores and results in the overall general effect music and visual captions would be posted online immediately after a contest. Instructors will get to look at their subcaption scores going into a critique, but they will not get a copy of them. And judges will also not get access to detailed recaps. I asked veteran adjudicator Marie Chapinski, who recently traded her green shirt for a Phantom Regiment consultant shirt, if not being able to see a recap will make any difference in how judges do their job. It does not make a difference because the judges don't utilize the recap for anything other than to evaluate their own performance. And this, I, I think, really doesn't matter to the judges. The, the public's going to see the total score. The judges will know the total score. The judges will know if they what they did was in the neighborhood of the total score. Yeah. So if they're 20 points off, they'll know that they uh, made a mistake possibly. How, how much of this is about judging and how much of it is about how fans consume our product? What was presented in the caucus was that this is about judging and they don't want the judges to have access to each other's scores so that every night the performance of the night really is the performance of the night. And there's no knowledge coming into each night of what happened the night before, which shakes it up a little bit, makes it a little more interesting. And I suppose the marketing twist would be makes it more interesting for the fans. 
I have to wonder, though, it's hard to imagine baseball, for instance, without the box scores and statistical minutiae that many fans check on a daily basis. I wonder how diehard drum corps fans will react this summer to not being able to get their detailed recap fix. I can't wait to ask fans about it once the season gets underway. This is your Field Pass, the official podcast of Marching Music's Major League. Please call the roll. The Academy? Here. Blue Devils? Here. While the Rules Congress did its thing, the voting membership was dealing with the business side of Drum Corps International. The bottom line there? Attendance at DCI events was way up again this year, and that big boost in ticket revenue helped balance major challenges with DVD and Blu-ray production, and the various licenses necessary to ensure complete compliance with publisher usage agreements and copyright law. Again, this is board chairman and Crossman director Fred Morrison. The entire membership had to share in that problem, and it definitely put DCI in a bad spot. You know, to, we had an awesome year, an incredible year, the be, probably one of the best years ever as far as attendance in all of the venues. 22,000 people at finals. It's just an amazing thing. And then to have it end this way is just not what we are looking for. Fred Morrison, by the way, was re-elected to another three-year term as chairman. Also, Bluecoats director David Glasgow was elected to the DCI board, along with at-large unaffiliated member, attorney Kathy Black. Just down the hall in the Denver Conference Center, many of the drum majors of DCI's member corps were attending a leadership summit created and led by Hall of Famer Gene Montrostelli. Over 60 drum majors attended. That's a new record. And we're going to cover what they did in detail in the March field pass. But I do want you to hear what they were expecting out of the weekend. Aubrey Lee, Guardians. Skylar Williams, Cascades. Spencer Holyoke, Crossman. I want to learn a lot. <laughs> like everything. Like a sponge. Yes, because this is my first year. <laughs> I'm just excited to network with the other drum corps and like all the other drum majors and just like kind of see how they all tick and see how they all do different like problem-solving stuff. I want to socialize with other people in it since this is my first year and I'd like to get to know people. And uh, I also want to get to know myself a little better. Graham Hopkins from the Bluecoats. And I'm Austin Baker from the Cavaliers. Guys, what are your expectations for this weekend? I expect to learn a lot, to meet some new people, uh, exchange leadership styles, and just have a great time. What did it do for you last year? It really opened up my mind to different perspectives, because being limited to just how the Cavaliers do things, it gave me one scope. Being able to compare experience of other people and just seeing that, all cores and in the end, we're all just marching bands, and we all like to have fun with it. And so it was really eye-opening for me. We'll find out just what the drum majors did in the Leadership Summit and whether it lived up to their expectations in next month's Field Pass. In fact, we've barely scratched the surface of what the Field Pass microphones captured in Denver. In March, we'll also see what's going on with the Open Class in 2016. We'll delve into drum course psychology and mental health, find out what the DCI Board Consortium is, and in April, we'll get both mind and body ready for spring training. For now, though, DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. 
Visit them at the all-new Zildjian.com. I'm Dan Potter. Talk to you next month.